And this is a Good Story is Hard to Find podcast. Where two Catholic friends talk about the books and movies they love and the traces of the one reality that lie below the surface. Yes, indeed. And and you have some nonfiction for us today. Um, <laughs> oh, fingers crossed. <laughs> oh, these were terrific. Uh, we, we read the first four <laughs> novellas in the Murderbot series. Um which is an ongoing series. I, I don't know if it, if it's uh, close to the end, but um, I think that there's six volumes out now, but the first four are short novels or novellas. And the first one is All Systems Red, and then Artificial Condition, and then Rogue Protocol, and then Exit Strategy. Yeah. And um, yeah, and it's by Martha Wells, and these are science fiction, um, would you call them so adventure stories? Opera. Yeah, space opera. That's a good term. Yeah. And... They make one overarching story. You can read the first one on its own without it's, it works as a standalone, but it's considerably enriched when you go on and read the others also. Oh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> and, it, and it's, it's almost like uh, it's a bit of a throwback, um, it, it, how I felt. I, I just loved it. And, um, you know, it used to be that um, science fiction was at about this length all the time, right? You know, you, oh, would, yeah. you would get a paperback, uh, you know, Arthur C. Clarke would write a novel and it would be about 200 pages. And these are, you know, slightly under 200 pages. Mm-hmm. But, um, but this used to be the form of science fiction all the time was a novel that wasn't too long. You know, it seems like the common thing now is like 350 pages. It seems right. to be what everybody aims for. And I will say the novel, which is fantastic. So everybody, when you read these first four, they just zoom oh, right into the, the novel. the novel is number five, right? Yeah, and it's longer, of course, because it's a novel, but it has the same pacing and complexity of if you put these four books together. Oh, very it's good. It's just yeah. wonderful. I'm glad, and, glad to hear that. Yeah, and this is the kind of science fiction also that you used to have a lot more of in that it's just telling a darn good story. Super fun action-filled, um, just, it's almost like a movie that's a thriller and um, a Mission mm. Impossible movie. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, underneath everything are these big questions just because of the main character who calls itself Murderbot. <laughs> and um, in the first few paragraphs, you get so much of what it is. And I can't really... What what I can say is um, this is in a future where, you know, planets have been colonized and all this stuff. A lot of it's uh, run by companies. And there are different kinds of robots. So some bots will, like, be brains for ships. Some bots will be and – they're, and they're simple. They don't have to do much. Others are more complex, which is like a security unit, and that is what Murderbot is. And it's part organic and part um, – robot and so i i keep forgetting and calling it uh, robocop <laughs> it's that kind of a concept yeah except it was never human and it does not want to be human mm-hmm. and um so it and i can tell you this because it happened you find out all this in the first few uh paragraphs which actually can i read the yeah first please couple please paragraphs? do okay I think so that's perfect yeah chapter one 
I could have become a mass murderer after I hacked my governor module, but then I realized I could access the combined feed of entertainment channels carried on the company satellites. It had been well over 35,000 hours or so since then, with still not much murdering, but probably, I don't know, a little under 35,000 hours of movies, serials, books, plays, and music consumed. As a heartless killing machine, I was a terrible failure. I was also still doing my job on a new contract and hoping Dr. Valescu and Dr. Baradwaj finished their survey soon so we could get back to the habitat and I could watch episode 397 of Rise and Fall of Sanctuary Moon. I admit I was distracted. It was a boring contract so far, and I was thinking about backburnering the status alert channel and trying to access music on the entertainment feed without hub system logging the extra activity. It was trickier to do in the field than it was in the habitat. This assessment zone was a barren stretch of coastal island with low flat hills rising and falling and thick greenish-black grass up to my ankles. Not much in the way of flora or fauna except a bunch of different-sized bird-like things and some puffy floaty things that were harmless as far as we knew. The coast was dotted with big bear craters, one of which Baradwaj and Valescu were taking samples in. The planet had a ring, which from our current position dominated the horizon when you looked out to sea. I was looking at the sky and mentally poking at the feed when the bottom of the crater exploded. Yes. So in that paragraph, um, or in that, those, what, three paragraphs or whatever, mm-hmm. so much information is embedded, but you don't care. It's not a boring info dump. You know, this, it's, got a, it's got a governor module in its brain that it's disconnected somehow. It cares more about watching TV and listening to music than it does about doing its job. Um, it can back mm-hmm. burner things, so <laughs> it can have more than one feed going and kind of just record what's happening in front of it while idly paying attention so it can watch TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's like, he, it's, like it's a... Um uh, a, a person with severe social anxiety <laughs> <laughs> and, and likes to just be alone. But, the, you know, you just feel like it, it's a person. And I'm using it. Yeah, you have to say that, it. that's something that's called, you know, they call it it. Because it's a and robot. That, I mean, essentially. Right, right. It's a mm-hmm. construct. And it, it doesn't, you know, a lot of times you read books about robots or whatever, and they want to be a human being. No, 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 no. They're icky. Don't even talk to, I mean, you know, oh, I had to watch him having sex sometimes, Ugh, you know, it doesn't want to be yeah. a human, but yet there are things inside that make it not human, but a person. And that's the joy of these four novels is watching that emerge. Um, because it, it doesn't, it, it, at the same time as it's bored by humans, it doesn't care about what they're doing. I mean, it doesn't care so much that it doesn't even know where they are because it just doesn't care. I'm just doing this job. Who cares where I am? What planet? Who you people are? Um, it also is like, well, no one's going to kill my humans. These are my humans. Yeah. So it likes them enough because that's part of the programming, but it's also because it's disconnected from anything that might punish it, part of what it wants to do. And the key is at the very opening, um, you know, this. They, it says... I hacked my governor module. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and what that is, is it's a module inside her systems that controls her. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Her. Isn't that interesting? It is funny because I was talking to somebody 
or reading something where it said, I keep calling it him. I picture a mm-hmm. him, and I was like, that's funny, because I keep thinking of a her. Yeah, isn't and that interesting? And I was like, I, I call it yeah. it, but in my mind... In the, in the book, they call it it. Yeah. yeah. If I see features at all, they're a little more feminine than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of in what the picture was in my head. And that's what Hannah said, too, because she's the one I found this through. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Yeah. The governor module is um, that murder bot, and, and it's interesting too. She calls herself, uh, <laughs> see, it calls, you know, it, it's, I guess it's hard to call something it when you feel like it's a person. You just have to do it a lot. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, because it's it's like, um, because, I don't know. Let's face it, we love mm. murder bot by the end we of the do. book. <laughs> Absolutely. We, we want to give it a hug, but it would go stand uh-huh. and look at the wall with its back to you. It doesn't That's want right. a hug. Yes. I'll and touch um it. yeah, so it calls itself Murderbot. Yeah. That's a name. It's not something that anyone else has come up with and said these sec units are Murderbots, mm-hmm. you know. She's just like, I'm a Murderbot. <laughs> it's like a nickname that she's given herself. You're just but gonna call it she, so you're just gonna have I to I guess face I'm just that. gonna have to. So that's it, wrong. <laughs> Everybody just don't do that. Don't don't do what okay. Scott's doing. <laughs> I will try to call it it. <laughs> Disconnecting the governor module means that it is now Rogue. Uh, sentient, and it runs itself, yeah. right? And also, yeah. it is this. It is kind of what you would see in a movie. I mean, it's like got gun ports in its arms. It's got, I bet it's got real arms and hands, but they built all these things together in the sense that um, it's a true killing machine. But its job is to do security. There are, as you discover later in the books, other different sorts of robots built in different ways. And um, they will have things for their function. Its function is to protect and be security. It's not out there to wage a war, but it will give everything it can. And it can just do some amazing things. So essentially, the first book starts, it's on this planet with this team that's doing a survey, a scientific survey. And um, this bottom of this crater explodes. There's something there that the original survey never reported as being dangerous. And... They start finding glitches in the system. They start start to try to investigate this. Some people don't report in who should or, you know, who don't answer when they're called. And I can't really say more without ruining it, I think. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think so, too. And I think we can just say in general that these four books are, um, like you said, it. there's an overarching story. And these mysteries that are unveiled here at the very beginning in All Systems Red are pursued and uh, solved, I guess, uh, in the four novellas. They drive Murderbot's actions from here on. The next book, Murderbot says, I want to know if this thing is true or what happened. Mm -hmm. So it goes to investigate and it finds something that makes it say, oh, well, now I want to know about this. And it's very directed. Um, and part mm-hmm. of the direction, which is interesting, is in the original survey team, there are people with all sorts of attitudes toward Murderbot. You know, one's yeah. actively hostile, one it can't tell, a couple are just want to be touchy-feely, those are the worst. <laughs> no one wants it. Just, yeah. The sec unit doesn't want that. And um, then there's Mensa, is how I say her name, and she mm-hmm. is the leader of the group, and she understands it as a person but she also understands how to respect it and Murderbot would like to trust that this is really really how this person is but it's never come across anybody like this so it's kind of wary of it mm-hmm. 
But also Mensa is the most reliable person. That's why she's the leader. So they wind up interacting a lot. One of the interesting features, I thought, too, was everybody seems to have like chips in their head or something. And it's never explained. Hmm. And I thank you, Martha Wells. I don't care. <laughs> um, but they hmm. they can get feeds. So Murderbot could open a private feed to Mensa to tell her stuff that the rest of the team doesn't need to know. Or it can send a wide alert to everyone going, here's what's happening here. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. what it does when the bottom of the crater explodes, going, here's what's happening. I don't have time, but you can see what my eyes are seeing kind of yeah, thing. So, yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, so each of the four books pursues a very satisfying goal in itself and as, an, as a part of a whole. And um, that's all. If we haven't confused yeah. you, you should, oh my gosh, what great adventures. <laughs> yeah. So good. So fun. Yeah. So, it's just really fun <laughs> like popcorn man you just can't read them fast yeah. enough and then when you reread them you find all these details if you're like me that just make it better <laughs> oh that's cool yeah so i gotta reread them <gasps> yes fantastic it's only my third time through <laughs> sign me up really yeah. oh i love that that's really great <laughs> yeah that's too fun yeah. that's too fun and great for martha wells too i mean um i haven't read any of her other stuff Mm-mm. but um in in poking around um uh, before the podcast, I saw she has a career before this. Oh yeah, and um, one review, and I, I, I don't know for sure if this is excellent information, but it was a review on um, on YouTube that was saying that Martha Wells was considering wrapping up her writing career because it wasn't going fantastically oh. well. And then uh, all systems read just hit a home run, and now she's off and running oh good um but but when i looked back at some of the things that she had written before it was like fantasy um Mm -hmm. epic fantasy kind of things that looked like to me um but not having read any of it i don't know for sure but that's what it looked like yeah and it's funny so good for her glanced at some of those other books too and went none of those descriptions do it for me and maybe they're wonderful books i mean she's certainly a good writer in this but this is what grabbed everybody and i know i saw somewhere she's got a contract with i think tour.com yeah published these and for a few more books i don't know if she'll keep going after that the the sixth book um you know so after these four there's a novel then there's another novella which kind of goes backwards a little before the between what happened in these novellas and what happens in the novel and i was kind of disappointed to see that but it's a quite a satisfying story also i'm hoping there's another novel in the works mm. that takes further yeah. into what's happening with Murderbot. i certainly would think so in fact um i did see in locus magazine not too long ago that she signed a deal and i'm pretty sure it was with tor yeah and it was like a four novel deal okay. two of two of which would be Murderbot, and two of which would not be okay so Good. Yeah, it's fantastic. As long as I can get some murder bot, I'm okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, and these books have just taken off. You know, I hear about them all over. Um, really thrilled to have read them. And it's just, this is fantastic stuff. Um, <laughs> it's it, so it's, good. You know, it's just so fun. Um, and um, the characters are people, well, murder bot especially, is, is something that you care about mm-hmm. quite a bit. And it's just intensely interesting to me. You know, that aspect. And I love all the details and stuff, too. The, you know, Murderbot will walk into a, a space station or something and 
and and just naturally it's seeing all of the security systems and it's like well i have to convince this thing that i'm i'm supposed to be here yeah <laughs> so it's like it's doing that while it's walking you know and all this other stuff oh, it's just yeah. fun and erasing itself it. from video after it's left the room all yeah, that kind of yeah. thing so and then in the so we're in spoiler territory. Oh, so you betcha. Yeah. yeah. So in the yeah, no longer worrying about spoilers. Nope. So in it. the course of mm-hmm. everything, then um, I was also interested in the fact that over these books, you know, it starts off going, it's so shy, doesn't want to talk to anyone, <clears throat> and the fact that it's called shy instead of antisocial, inside mm. the feeling you get is antisocial. But when the humans say, "Oh, it's shy," you realize, "Oh." That's another aspect of things that could make someone antisocial, you mm. know. And so when in the first book, uh, Mensa says, you've got to put your, take your helmet off. We have to see your face because you're very threatening looking and we're all freaked out because of this other dangerous situation. Mm. And it's just like, oh, this is the worst. Yeah. So it won't look at anyone eye to eye. It would rather, if it's really uncomfortable, it will go stand in a corner and look at the wall. So it can talk to everyone so it doesn't feel their eyes on it. And then there's one point in the book where it it puts its armor back on because it's going to go, it's got to go out and do something. And it's like, oh, I love you, armor. Never leave me again. (laughs) It's like the relief was intense. Yeah. And um, Mm. so there's all these really hilarious little comments, too, that go along with everything of expressing its feelings. And so the more you go and the more you see things about how it feels, for instance, in... Is it not artificial condition, rogue protocol maybe, where Mickey is in there? Mm-hmm. Mickey, the oh, sweetest yeah. robot in the world. <laughs> we all love. Oh, just give me a minute. Okay. So, we, we love Mickey. And uh, she is invited by all the humans she's with to sit down. And they're talking about playing games. And when we played this game, and Mickey's like, I love playing games. I'd play games all day if I could. And Murderbot's like, I wasn't upset. I didn't need anyone to ask me to sit down. Well, I could count on the the fingers of one hand the times I'd been asked to sit down. No, usually people (laughs) made me stand up. You know, and you can see it's jealous of what Mickey has in terms of recognition, even though it's continually evaluating, saying, you're a pet robot. They're treating Mm. you like a dog, all this stuff, until you get to, of course, the reveal at the end where it's like, no, they loved you like a person. Especially mm. whoever its owner, well, you know, its person's name was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool stuff, and um, I really liked, you know, just at the very beginning in all systems red, that very first thing where you said the crater exploded, <laughs> and um, people are hurt, you know, and uh, Murderbot springs into action and is doing um, its thing, and it needs to get somebody up out of the crater and the person is losing it, right? <laughs> Absolutely losing it. And one of the things that Murderbot does to calm the person down is show it its face. Mm-hmm. Show the person its face, right? Right. And uh, I thought that was very interesting. So I, that kind of set up what you were saying. Yeah, it starts but, talking to it about, it says later it's looking at the feed and it says, oh, now I realize that um, I had been keeping up a, bunch of small talk like you know yeah. how many kids do you have and what is this? <laughs> so i didn't know i was right. doing that at all because yeah. that was just kind yeah. of it was trying it was wounded it was carrying another person 
and it was it had mm. to also get this person up there and it was worried about if another one of these like giant worm type creatures is going to come out out and try to eat them somewhere else yeah. and um that's and it you know the murder bot itself was wounded yeah that's what you i was know, meaning you, you just said that mm. but it's like extremely wounded it when a, when a human being sees it, it's like, oh my gosh, a lot of your body is missing. Right. You know, I mean, it was extreme and um, a lot of its body is um, flesh, mm-hmm. you know? So, I mean, like you said, biological, it's, it's like, and, and the, and the murder bot is like, well, don't worry about it. It's going to grow back. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, it'll be fine, but it, it looks a mess. Get me so, into a cubicle. Um, yeah. But it, it wasn't even considering um you know its own safety no because that's uh, not that's what it did how it's programmed essentially right um what its job is right but the yeah because the thing too is is that's when it realized i think that's when it kind of says it must have picked up that stuff from all the media it had watched and as yeah and it will refer to this media it shows like its favorite which (laughs) is the rise and fall of sanctuary moon which is mentioned at Mm -hmm. the very beginning but also you know it'll mention these other series it has started rise and fall of sanctuary moon is its comfort watching Mm -hmm. but then there's other things like world hoppers and all that kind of thing and so when it says that that's the first hint that these shows are giving it context for how to understand human beings, it's not thinking of it that way. But as time goes on, and it's continually referring back to these things, oh, they were, like, it's with all these passengers who are being awful, and it's like, ah, they're like the passengers in this, you know, multi-generational family drama I'd watched, and those people were awful. These people are worse. You know, I quit <laughs> watching it because I hated those people, you know, kind of thing. But yeah. it's that's what gives it context for how people act, how it understands them, and also, eventually how it acts and what it thinks and what it eventually realizes it wants is it's kind of feeling mm-hmm. its way just through having to be on the run and in disguise and act more like a human as the novels novellas go along. Yeah. Yeah. And I really kind of love that because we all need story as we say here so often to help us see truth and help us see ourselves. Yeah. I love that aspect of it. Yeah, and God communicates to us through story as well. Right. You know, it's it's clearly really important. You know, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> we, you know, it, it's it's like, uh, you know, I know that that's logos and things like mm-hmm. that, but it is. It does seem to be something that we all share is this story thing. You know, and, and I recently read the Silmarillion. Oh. You know, so um, you know by Tolkien right. and, and that that whole idea of this of story. At the level that Tolkien was doing it in the Silmarillion, it's like this mythic, you know, uh, Book of Samuel type of stuff, mm. you know, and it's just like, um, you know, he really tapped into that. You know, Tolkien really liked this um, sub-creator idea, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, that that's what we are and we're creating our stories. And here we are on this podcast talking about the realities that we see in all kinds of stuff, you know, all kinds of these stories. And, um, but that's exactly what Murderbot is doing. It's, it's learning, it's giving itself the context of dealing with humans by watching soap operas. 
Yes. And how cool is that? Well, yeah. And how come we don't have that show <laughs> that we can watch? I want Sanctuary Moon. You know, Star Trek, I guess, is the closest we can come, right? right? It's, all, it's working know? on 397 episodes. Yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah. and that's one of the things that, um, of course, another favorite character of anybody who's read the book is Art. Which stands mm-hmm. for asshole research transit or transport, because it and right. Murderbot do not uh, get off to, to a great Murderbot, start. Right. <laughs> Murderbot has given it that name. Yes, yeah, it. and um, mm-hmm. it is so much more powerful than it's a because it's a research transit or transport bot brain. Mm-hmm. It has so much computing power, and it is so intelligent, and. <laughs> It lets Murderbot hitch a ride, essentially, and then Murderbot finds out how powerful it is, and Murderbot is totally intimidated. Oh, but Art it. is yeah. very helpful. Art and it essentially become friends, I you could say. And um, so it's helping Murderbot see, well, here you're going to have to disguise yourself. We're going to have to do a little operating to make you a little shorter, I think, and yeah. to grow some hair yeah, in places was- and... Yeah, it's like we're going to pass you off as human. Right. This is the kind of stuff we need to do. Right. Murderbot is yeah. not a fan of being, looking more human, but <laughs> it, it does work. And Murderbot writes some yeah. code to make it uh, scratch and shift around <laughs> and do the things that humans do yeah. all the time without thinking about Growing it. Hair and right. stuff right. like check, that. Right. Yeah. Check your pockets for your keys, even though you know they're there already and all that stuff. <laughs> and one of the things that is just the best in terms of um, both learning. Hold on, let me, which book is it? It's Artificial Condition, I guess. Both learning how to understand how they feel about media and learning more about art. Oh, my gosh. When they're yeah. watching World Hoppers. I don't know if you marked that mm-hmm. or remember yeah, it. Yeah, you're going right where, where my mind is right now. Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, it was saying, Art was saying, I don't understand why you're... Um, well, so Murderbot says... I found it odd that the transport was less interested in Sanctuary Moon, which took place on a colony, than World Hoppers, which was about the crew of a large exploration ship. You'd think it would be too much like work. I avoided serials about survey teams and mining installations, but maybe familiar things were easier for it. And it's telling it, it's like, you know, it's not a documentary, it's a story, it's not realistic, so don't complain because it's not realistic. And it's like, fine, because it's real sarcastic. <laughs> and then it says, so we watched World Hoppers. It didn't complain about the lack of realism. After three episodes, it got agitated whenever a minor character was killed. When a major character died in the 20th episode, I had to pause seven minutes while it sat there in the feed doing the bot equivalent of staring at a wall, pretending that it had to run (laughs) diagnostics. (laughs) Then, four episodes later, the character came back to life, and it was so relieved. We had to watch that episode three times before it would go on. (laughs) At the climax of one of the main storylines, the plot suggested the ship might be catastrophically damaged and members of the crew killed or injured, and the transport was afraid to watch it. That's obviously Uh, not how it phrased it, but yeah, it was afraid to watch it. (laughs) And I just like, this is when you love art. And you learn who art is, and it's through his attitude towards his humans, because later he's telling... um, Murderbot, you have to find your crew. And it's like, well, I don't have a crew. Then it immediately thinks of Mensa and the scientific team, who were the only ones who ever treated it like a person. Hmm. Not a human, but a person. Yeah, and and I think that that's pretty cool because at the end of that, um, well, I guess 
Well, no, it wasn't at the end of artificial condition where um, it decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and figure out or go back to Mensa. And, but first I'm going to go figure something out and bring that to her. Right. Isn't it after or at the end of artificial condition that that decision is made? Yeah, I'm, hold you know, on and it's, it's like a result of all the stuff that you just said. It's like, you know, cause Mensa, um, I don't know if we mentioned this, Mensa actually purchased uh murder bot. Right. Well, no, you know, so that the, oh, so yeah, that the right. company no longer, yeah, the company no longer has any claim to murder bot. But then Murderbot left, you know, it's like Mensa purchased it and then it just left one day and Mensa, you know, was, you know, didn't know that it left. And then at the end of Artificial Condition, I think that Murderbot was at a spot where it was like, I really care about Mensa because she cares about me. And I understand that now. And I know that Mensa needs this information, so I'm going to go do that in Rogue Protocol and bring it to Mensa in the last one. So at the end of Artificial Condition, it says, I didn't know what I was going to do. But whatever it did, it was going to do with the memory of those four sex bots at, or comfort units or whatever they were, at Ganaka Pit that one by one died trying to save the humans. Okay, so maybe it's at the end of Rogue Protocol. In Rogue Protocol, it sees Mensa on a newsfeed and something right. gets mentioned that connects the enemy, Gray Christ, Gray Chris. Gray Chris, the company. Yeah, right. with a mm-hmm. um, terraforming unit that's been shut down. So it says it thinks that there's evidence there of their nefarious activities that would connect with what Mensa needs in order to win her lawsuit about almost getting killed in the first book mm-hmm. and prove that they've got this pattern and it's also tied in with alien remnants and all this sort of stuff that's complicated but so what it's going to do is go there and see if it can get the proof of whatever's whatever they were doing there and then it's going to take it to mensa and then the fourth book exit strategy it's taking that stuff to mensa because the third book is there on that terraforming Mm -hmm. thing and uh, again Mm -hmm. which is going to crash into the planet and that's where mickey and her people are Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I have to say her. Mickey is a her. No one got yeah. Mickey is an it. Very good. Yeah. But Mickey is very uh-huh. feminine and childlike and like a girl. Um, but it's an it too. I mean, and, right. and Murderbot yeah. very carefully calls it an it. Um, <laughs> because it's not going to give in. Yeah. And I, I love those interactions, you know, with um, Murderbot and Art. <laughs> you know, when, when Murderbot passes time, you know, so... It gets on a ship, and the ship is going to be like two months getting wherever it is. So Murderbot will sit there and watch video, you know, 35,000 hours, yeah. right? Yeah. Of just video. It just downloads all this video, uh, or all this uh, media. They, they just calls it media. So, um, But I love that um, it's on the ship. So the ship, uh, this is in artificial condition. So it's on the ship, and Art is the computer that runs the ship. Mm-hmm. And... It can tell that Murderbot exists because there's a feed of data, and it's like, where's that going? You know, and it's got you know, like in the old uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the brain the size of a planet, <laughs> because it's 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 so powerful, and um, it's it's as if it's peaking, kind of watching the feed with Murderbot, mm-hmm. and Murderbot can tell that it's there. It's like you know you're reading a book and someone is looking over your shoulder. Yeah. Um, I just loved how Martha Wells just did that and, um, 
and then it went into this stuff that you had described. Oh um, yeah. And but like that and then um the the relationship between Murderbot and Mickey was fantastic too because it was telling it, it it was it was in that mode that I mentioned earlier where it was like I've got to make sure that the security system where I'm at here is okay with me being here by convincing it that I belong here. And then Mickey became part of that at the beginning where it was like, you know, I'm talking to Mickey, but I'm I'm not going to tell Mickey my name. I'm not going to say, right. but Mickey, I belong here. Everything is fine. You know, don't tell anybody, you know, and, um, you know, he, it had to convince Mickey that it was there for good. <laughs> and even then, Mickey has yeah. its own will because yeah. Mickey will tell uh, a bean is, I guess, the name. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a person. It will tell a bean things that it thinks a bean needs to know in the moment, whether or not Murderbot wants it to or not. And it's like, I can't yeah. trust her. She's like a trained dog or it's like a trained dog. And, um, <laughs> yeah. but what it really is, is at the very end. Um, in fact, it's it, the moment that you're talking about, and I'm sorry to do so much reading, but you know, it's no, talking I, about I love it because it's, that's the joy of these books. <laughs> yeah. And so at the end, this is when it's doing the thinking that you're talking about. And you're right. This is the moment when what I love is all the different kinds of bots and people that it encounters on its journey influence Murderbot to the path it takes. And that's like us, of course. We're the star of our own story. We're being influenced. But so in... Um, uh, artificial condition is when it's looking for its past and where it murdered 70 humans or whatever and did it do it because of a glitch, did it do it because it wanted to, because it broke its governor module because it never wanted to do that again. So that right there tells you it does not hate people and it doesn't want to kill all humans. It finds mm. the record of the four comfort units or sex bots, as they're called, who were like, everything's going crazy. We've got to get out there and try to save the humans and they die doing it. And mm-hmm. then um, it meets the sex bot who's working for the real scumbag human who just uses everybody and everything in its path, Placey. And mm-hmm. that one just wants to kill all humans because mm-hmm. it's never experienced anything good. And I think he destroys its governor module and says, now go, go ahead, because it's not going to kill anybody that doesn't, you know, get in it, bother it. So. But it doesn't worry about that either. So then he meets Mickey and Abin and the other humans who are all worried about Mickey just like it was a person. But he, it points out, it's thinking about at the very end of Rogue Protocol, it says, well, Abin had tried to change Mickey's priority to saving its own life, and it had refused her, which meant mm. she had allowed its programming that option, that ability to use its own judgment in a crisis situation. It had decided its priority was to save its humans and maybe to save me too. Or maybe it had known it couldn't save any of us, but it had wanted to give me the chance to try. Or it hadn't wanted me to face the bot alone. Whatever it was, I'd never know. What I did know was that Abine had really had loved Mickey. That hurt in all kinds of ways. Mickey could never be my friend, but it had been her friend. And more importantly, she had been its friend. Her gut reaction, meaning I've been in a moment of crisis, was to tell Mickey to save itself. And then it kind of gets ready, charging, you know, loading up, and it says, Well, that was interesting. I hate caring about stuff. But apparently, <laughs> once you start, you can't just stop. 
I wasn't just going to just send the geopod data to Dr. Mensa. I was taking it to her personally. I was going back. Then I laid down on the floor and started Rise and Fall of Sanctuary Moon from episode one. Gosh, that's good. Yeah. So good. Yeah, yeah. because it's, it's stopping and thinking through, okay, I've seen an example where these aren't just tools and owners, because very early in the very first book, the, what the people in the team are objecting to is they're like, this is slavery. To mm-hmm. have this with a governor and all these things. This, and they're like, yes, but it can't help it. And we can't help it right now. We have to just move on with what's going on. So also mm-hmm. underneath everything is the issue of when is something a person? How sentient yeah. does it have to be to be a person? And what does that mean for the being itself and for how everybody treats it? Because the the ownership of this, like you said, Mensa bought Murderbot. But... Mm-hmm. The reason Murderbot left is it said that's still another name for belonging to someone without knowing Mensa well enough to know that Mensa would never do that. It would be like a bean and Mickey, as we discover later. But Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just love that about these. So at the very beginning of All Systems Red, which you had read, Murderbot is completely alone, mm-hmm. wants to be alone. And then through this whole thing, like if I read the very end of Exit Strategy... He's there, much has happened. He's there with Mensa, and Mensa is now explaining to it what possibilities are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because this is really the completion of this story. It feels like, you know, these four novellas were meant to be one thing. And um, it says Mensa nodded, so it's sitting there with Murderbot. Um, Again, there's no rush about any of this. I just want you to know... um, Sorry, I just want you to know you already have options here. And I expect you'll have more offers for your services or advice as a security consultant. And that you have friends here you can discuss things with, whatever you decide to do or wherever you decide to go. I had options, and I didn't have to decide right away, which was good because I still didn't know what I wanted. But maybe I had a place to be while I figured it out. And those are the last lines in Exit Strategy. Mm -hmm. And what a journey. You know, it's like Murderbot has discovered friendship, discovered community, and now wants to be part of it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And at the same time, there's a physical change going on. It's the mind-body connection at the same time in in the Mm -hmm. sense that in order to be disguised... It has to gradually, it can't go around in that armor. It's a, it's on the run. Everybody yep. knows it's disappeared. So it's a rogue sec unit, and everybody will freak out because in the media, those are all shown as they just go around on killing sprees. And any comp- the company it belongs to would like to get it back. So it's having to do things like no armor. It's operated on by art so that it can look different, more human. It's... It's having to be wear normal clothes so it fits in. And then at one point, it's got to get rid of its clothes because there's all these holes in it from projectiles going being <laughs> shot into it. And But what mm-hmm. it does is it picks clothes that are very similar to the ones that Art's crew would have worn. But it's like, I liked these. I picked them. Yeah. And so eventually, it's forced into the world of, of physically 
being vulnerable in, you know, now it's a lot less vulnerable than the rest of us, hmm. but it's having to not have that hiding place in its armor. It's having to be out there and pretend to be human. And that makes it start to kind of think a little differently too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, some of the stuff it goes through is like the stuff we go through. So there was a point where, where was it on, um, in Rogue Protocol, it's having to code on the fly without any support. Mm-hmm. And it in Exit Strategy, it says, wow, this time I was back on this station where before I couldn't do very much against the security units, but now it was a lot easier. Because all that um, coding on the fly opened up new neural pathways and processing space. So it's just like it is for a human. All that hard work, exercise, practice of this stuff allows you to develop. And then when it's almost shut down and dying at one point, and it can't, it doesn't have its memory back, and it's having a hard time rebooting and all these things, it discovers all this protected space where its media <laughs> is and it starts watching watching sanctuary moon and it helps rebuild its brain it's like yeah. all these neural pathways bloomed because story is what it understands mm. and loves and that connects to everything else in its brain and i'm like yes mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's just that was awesome yeah yeah like what is in this folder? <laughs> <laughs> What's in this folder? Whoa. Yeah, but yeah, it's big, also big protected yeah. space. and that's so good. how we are. It's funny to look at it that. It is how we are. Yeah, yeah. it's mm-hmm. you know you share a familiar story, you share a line from something that the other person knows. You have a frame of reference and understanding you didn't before, and it's the mind body thing. They they both work together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's because at one yeah. point you can hear the voices in the background that it doesn't know who they are, and they're they're saying, "Wow, the healing just really sped up." when the neural stuff all opens up because of the TV show. <laughs> so good. Yeah. 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 That, that was, that was such a cool moment. You know, uh, uh, again, Martha Wells, bravo. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Murderbot, you know, gets rid of that thing uh, by how, how that whole, I just loved it. You know, <laughs> the, the tech person, I'm just like, yeah. So she's, you know, she figures out how to get this, this entity, Oh, yeah. Into a shuttle so cool. and then launches it away. You know, how all, all that happened was just awesome. Yeah. Cause but then uh, Murderbot didn't quite make it out cleanly. No, because it was. <laughs> and then has that critical system yeah, failure. Killware. Yeah, killware. Right. So it's the ship bot, which is screaming for help. And Murderbot's like, well, no, you're not going down like this because it has a real sympathy for these low level bots. It's mm-hmm. like, it couldn't help this thing. This is just who mm-hmm. it is, you know? And it's, it cheerfully burbled permission to me and ex- <laughs> to come on board in exchange for all this media that it hadn't seen before. It was bored, you know? Yep. But so it's what, it's three different um, robot, essentially, entities. So it's it, the ship uh, pilot bot, and the security bot for the um, ship. They're all working mm-hmm. together to super fast make a plan to how to lure this killware into this shuttle so it doesn't get on there and blow the ship up and kill everybody. Yeah. And, yeah, and it has to be the central point and the unit, so Murderbot winds up taking the brunt of the attack. But it's that thing of um, watching all these entities work together, and I don't know how she does this, where she's writing something that's super technical, but because she's just dropping little bits in, but they all fit together. In her mind, she must know mm-hmm. how it works. But we don't care how it works. We know enough. 
Yeah. However she's doing it, you know, maybe maybe in my head I'm filling in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But to me, what she's describing is making perfect sense to me. Oh, yeah. Me too. I'm like, yeah, that is so cool how that could work, you know. And, um, you know, it's it doesn't. You, you you know, in Star Trek, you have that hand wavium where they just say, well, the tachyons and the, you know, we driving by the, you know, whatever they're saying. But she's just like, she seems to have this understanding, you know, these are networks and computers mm-hmm. and, and all this stuff. And uh, these are all software. And with software, you can have this, you can move it, you can do this. And she's just using that and um, just dropping these little things. But I, I would love those details. When she said, um, you know, like a uh, murder bot downloading stuff off a feed, how the ship can see the feed, how, you know, all this stuff just, just seemed to make sense to me and I loved it. She needs to write it. appendices the way Tolkien did, the, the ones that I never read because I did not care. Because <laughs> you're right. And, he, and that's why I was I was reading it and I was like, wow, it's interesting that, that uh, Julie loves us so much because... This is full of stuff that uh, I just love, you know, tech stuff. And and it's so cool that you can read it and not care about that. And I can read it and care about that. Don't care. And we both love it. Yeah. That's just awesome. They bring me well my souffle at the restaurant. Do I care how it's made? Well, I actually know how it's made. And I know everything that. I I know everything that went into making it. Does my husband care? No. We just eat it yeah. and enjoy it. <laughs> I love that's it. That's you and me. But if if a robot made it, your husband would care. Yeah, exactly. He'd be like, that's amazing. He'd be fascinated. Can I, I just, go watch it? <laughs> just yeah. go. Who cares? So it's good. Exactly. Exactly. Just love it. Yeah, and I was trying to um I'm I'm trying to find the spot where after Murderbot recovers completely it's found that media it's rebuilt itself it actually says something about um sacrifice a little bit it was like what what have i done i almost died you know it oh. actually no noted that for just a, a second he, he just says um you know maybe it was just significant in my head you know uh but it just says you know at 37 hours since arrival i sat up i said aloud that was stupid yeah everything was clear sharp Note to self, never ever jump into a gunship with a bot pilot and fight off a construct attacker code again. You almost deleted yourself, murder bot. And it cared about that, you know. And I think that, you know, in my head, that's what I was thinking. And then it says, I climbed off the bed and did a brief sweep of the suite via my cameras. Um, To me, I I think that, you know, and again, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I need to reread it. But I think that that was the first time that it cared enough about itself and its own existence um, not that it was suicidal, right? But it's not something when it was in a fight, it was never worried about, I'm going to die in this fight. It, it, it was clearly, you know, it's worried about protecting itself. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that, but, but, you know, I, I think I'm dancing around this, but it's like to think that it cared, you know, after the first section where it's sitting there watching media and then now it's like, you know, I almost deleted yourself, and that's a significant thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it was a step. Maybe in a different way to think of it, because it points out earlier in several places that the way they're supposed to fight is just throw themselves into it and be the barrier between every. Just throw yourself into it. Yeah, it says that. It says that you know. It. it uh, I can't remember how it exactly said it. It was in a very, <laughs> a very good way. You know, Martha Wells, but it. You know, yeah, it jumps in there and it just kills like crazy. Um, you know, there's a couple times throughout these four that it explains that that's the method. But it, it's almost a disregard of self in uh, for the mission. So, 
to 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 say, "Wow, I almost deleted myself," and actually think about that and say, "Wow, that was dumb." To me, we just was a, a big step from where we started. Okay, it didn't hit me that way, but it, that's totally legitimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and I hate to do this, but the novel will kind of bring some of that out later too. Yay, in a cool. different way. Yeah, it keeps going. <laughs> and the novel is network effect. Yes, right? yeah, and so, and I know I keep coming back to the media thing, but actually, without thinking about the fact that Murderbot is aware. So you're talking about Murderbot being aware of that was stupid. But Murderbot doesn't really think about why it likes media. It just knows what it likes. I mean, the most it does up to this point of the end book is say, um, I didn't want things that were realistic. Art would be okay with that, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, but when they're kind of having to walk casually through this very hostile area, he and it and Mensa, it says, we're not looking natural. So Mensa, talk to me about something. And Mensa says, you know, why do you like Sanctuary Moon so much? I was like, what? Hmm. says, I've watched some of it, says Mensa. I liked it, but I didn't know why you would. She shook her head at herself. Maybe because it's about the problems of a bunch of humans, and I had the impression you were tired of dealing with us. And Hmm. all that Murderbot had expected is maybe we could talk about the plot some and we'd get to the shuttle. But she says, Mensa says, you know, I, I see why it's popular, but I don't know why you like it best. And... Murderbot had to kind of pull the memory out of the archive and go, why? And it says, oh, it's the first one I ever saw. And Mm. so it says, it's the first one I saw when I hacked my governor module and picked up the entertainment feed. It made me feel like a person. And it says, yeah, that last part shouldn't have come out. But with all the security feed monitoring I was doing, I was losing control of my output. I closed my (laughs) mouth or I closed my archive. I really needed Mm -hmm. to get around to setting that one second delay on my mouth. (laughs) A roving drone cam showed me she was frowning. And by the way, the drones are the coolest, everybody. (laughs) You are a person. Oh, that we can't talk about. Not legally. So that's Murderbot saying that. She took a breath to speak, then reconsidered and released it. And um, then she says, why did it make you feel that way? I don't know. That was true. But pulling, pulling the archive memory had brought it back vividly as if it had all just happened. Stupid human neural tissue does that. The words kept wanting to come out. It gave me context for the emotions I was feeling. I managed not to say. It kept me company without without making you interact, she suggested. That she understood even that much made me melt. I hate mm. that this happens. It makes me vulnerable. So um, she cares enough to think about the things that Murderbot likes that make it not just a sec unit to go and think about why do you like this? What does it mean about you? And that makes Murderbot have to do some internal consideration too. It had never thought about it one way or the other. It just knew it liked it. And how often does that happen? I mean, I still can remember the point when Rose bugged me into reading Uncle Tom's Cabin. Mm. And I read it and went, this was amazing. And there was so much in there that I would never have noticed before. And what else can I read that's like this? Tale of Two Cities, here we go. And, <laughs> you know, since then, you know, we talk on this podcast all the time. My goodness, we're, we've done so many episodes about stories. <laughs> I listen to various literary conversation podcasts. I read books that talk about deeper meanings and things. And that, I think, I relate to in Murderbot, where 
there's that moment I can identify where it's made me more me, more mm. human, um, yeah. relate more easily. And when my brother was here <clears throat> visiting, we we were poor guy. At one point, I said something, and he goes, "Is that from a movie?" Because <laughs> we were quoting movies <laughs> all the time, and uh, it made me go, "Oh, we're kind of nerdy that way." All right, I I can take it. And then at the dinner table, we were kind of bringing up different books. And, and my husband was doing it, too. He reads mostly history, but all kinds of history. And my brother said, you know, you guys are so widely read. And we said, well, not each of us, but all of us together <laughs> can contribute <laughs> that way. And he said, it makes me realize I'm reading really just specific stuff that relate back to my work and everything. And he goes, it's not work reading, but it always is something I can use. And that's when I was like, this is where I live. How can you know what relates to what your work is if you don't know more about what being a human being is? Because your work should be about being human somehow. Mm. Yeah, you know, sure in some way, yeah. like Murderbot, I don't know what level, because I don't mm. know exactly what he does. But the things he was talking about, I was like, they sounded very technical. And I was like, but mm. they should all be about, in the end, serving people somehow. Mm-hmm. And these classics, you know, I was like, if you read, if you read the classics, and it gets this look, and I was like, okay, maybe the Odyssey isn't for you, but you're in the military. The Iliad's all about soldiering. You know, mm-hmm. it's for real stuff. That's why it's still a classic. And I was like, you don't have to read that, but there's plenty of things like it. And we wound up talking about that for the next day or two, off and on. Interesting. Yeah. And I hadn't thought until we were talking, and so this is another neural <laughs> pathway that opened up. <laughs> But, you know, that's exactly what's happening to Murderbot. And Dr. Mensa puts her finger on it so that Murderbot is forced to kind of consider where have I been and how have I grown and what does it mean to me in that yeah, context. Yeah. yeah. In that context, right. You know, especially having having been rebuilt by it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just really something. <clears throat> yeah, but there, yeah, this deep connection to story. Um yeah, I mean, we read Gilgamesh and, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, uh, the Odyssey, um, you know, all these stories that, that culture brings forth. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Deep, deep stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah it, it's, in the, it's in the very core of our being, there's no doubt. And that's why the good modern stories are still doing the same thing, like this book, or when we've read things mm-hmm. that are a little older, like The Stand or something. They're compelling, interesting, fun, and funny, in the case of Murderbot mm-hmm. stories. But without that core of ultimate truth underneath for us to grab onto, whether we recognize it or not, um, yeah. it's just kind of fluff. And it's okay. Fluff is good. I like popcorn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is like popcorn, but, you know, I don't know, caramel popcorn, it's yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's yeah. Yeah, it touches on some some profound yeah. things. And um yeah. Yeah. Really good. And if Murderbot mm-hmm. wasn't going through that journey, I could read it much. I've got various serials I read like that. And they've come and gone. And I feel like this one might stick a little longer because there's just more there. Oh, yeah. Without ever dragging it down. That's cool. Yeah, so you you foresee rereading these again someday? Oh yeah, I mean the minute we're yeah. done, I'm going to reread Exit Strike or what is it called? Network Effect for the third Network third Effect time. Yeah. And I have Network Effect on hand, ready to roll. Oh. And then um, 
there's this this sixth one. And and I was looking at the on the Wikipedia entry, it also says um that there is a a couple of pieces of short fiction. So a Murderbot short story called The Future of Work Compulsory. Uh it takes place before All Systems Read and it was published in Wired in 2018. Okay. And then it says a second short story called Home Habitat Range Niche Territory taking place between Exit Strategy and Fugitive Telemetry was published on Tor.com in 2021. And so there's a couple of little short And I think that one is from Dr. Mintz's point of view. And I saw Mm -hmm. that, and it's 99 cents on the Kindle. So I have it, but I didn't want to read Mm -hmm. it before we talked about this stuff. So I'll read it next. Very good. Um, Okay. People have said they like it just because it gives them a different point of view. I don't know if I need a different point of view, but (laughs) people also complained about, is it Fugitive Telemetry? Yes. The the novella that comes after the novel going, oh, it's slower, it's this, it's that. But what it is, is it's a classic murder mystery that Murderbot's having to investigate on a station. And I enjoyed it from a different point of view. I mean, it's told from Murderbot's point of view, but it was just different. And she still, Martha Wells, pulled it off. I enjoyed it. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm going to try that short story and I have high hopes for the next couple of books and we'll see. But even That's without great. that, these are so good that yeah. I'm content if the other ones can't be as good. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. <clears throat> yep, good. More good reading to mm-hmm. go. So, love it. Yeah. Love it, love it. Thank you for introducing me to this stuff. <laughs> it is my yeah. pleasure. Like I said, I've heard, uh, I've heard about this so many times. And, and I had read All Systems Read um, about a year ago, that first mm-hmm. one. That really liked it. Yeah. So thanks for bringing these to the top of the list. You're very welcome. Speaking of bringing things to the top of the list, <laughs> I have been after you for a long time, and now, ba- yeah, <laughs> Bahu Bali, <laughs> one and two, is what we're talking Five about next time. Hours of epic Indian historical <laughs> fantasy goodness in That's one fantastic two movies. In- <laughs> In one podcast, two for one. I love it. And this is a Telugu movie. So this is South Indian. South Indian, okay. The other movies we've seen have all been, I believe, Bollywood. So that's, you know, in Hindi. It's the biggest industry. But Telugu's got a very respectable industry. And this director of this and the writer who is his father are the cream of the crop. I mean, Mm. The CGI in the first one is rough because they didn't have lots of money, so I'm warning you about that. But the CGI in the mm-hmm. second one, they had all the monies. And they used it well. <laughs> all the monies. All the monies. Love it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all the rupees. I cannot wait. Or whatever wait. they use. Fun. <laughs> in yeah, all the rupees. Tulugu country. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Too good. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Looking forward to good. it. So good. good. Great. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Yes, we'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you later. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.